All right, welcome back to your Everyday Rich podcast. Uh, this is a bit of going to be a bit of a different setup today. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you'll probably notice that uh, you're my co-host, my lovely wife, Jennifer, is not here with me. Um, this is kind of off the cuff and an impromptu podcast that uh, I decided to record today. And I'll get into the reason as why, but um, your Everyday Rich podcast here, if originally with my wife, obviously, if uh, when Jen's here, you know, we'd be introducing ourselves. Here's the spiel. Um, you know, we, we, we really want to showcase and uh, bring to highlight, you know, living room conversations that, you know, we have in our house and hopefully you guys probably have living room conversations about money, um, career, kids, navigating cultural differences depending on your family upbringings and really tying that in terms of, you know, how can we, how can we reach that freedom number faster? And that's typically what our podcast is all about. But today is a bit different and I'll get into that. Um, and yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with Jen and I <laughs> just because I'm I'm filming by myself doesn't mean there's issues. Um, I guess I'll start off by by saying that, you know, I was thinking about a lot of things over the last few weeks and going through a lot of thoughts in terms of uh, taking time off work to work on a few things and then, you know, discovering yourself through like a lot of existential questions that arise with uh, millennials our age uh, who happen to be turning 40 or coming up to 40 which you know funny enough when I was younger which I still think I'm, I'm young right? don't get me wrong come on like I'm always young at heart I'm like if anything I'm, I'm like five years old inside so but like jokingly when I was like 20 in my 20s and we'd see all these pe you know the joke about midlife crisis and people buying like sports cars and blowing their money on shit that they think that would make them feel better and um we joke about that all the time and it feels like it feels like life is full circle that i'm coming to that stage now where i'm asking myself a lot of these like you know it, questions about like what's the whole point of everything right what are we doing all this for and through my conversations with my friends and seeing colleagues and family and just different different pieces coming together, different conversations, you know, I feel that we all will eventually go through this point in our life, through our journey, right? Because we ultimately are, we were talking about this on a lot of our episodes, like we ultimately are chasing the same thing, right? Which is freedom, freedom of financial burden, freedom from time to have more time freedom to enjoy the things that make us happy in life and there comes a point where you ask yourself like all right how am i going to achieve that and am i just doing it all for myself and then along the ways we're always going to come to these setbacks and you know the hardest thing to realize is when you have setbacks are finding ways to come out of those setbacks, right? Um, you know, having a few conversations with like some of my closest, my closest friends 
and you don't realize how big of a part you have they have in your life and vice versa even though like when you were younger you never really kind of discussed things about uh about life right like like adulting shit right <laughs> and um because it wasn't all about that but as you kind of go through your milestones in your life and you walk your path with your buddies your homies and some people get there before you some people get there after you and sometimes you're like you know you're right you're riding along shotgun with them and vice versa and you all take these different bumps and steps and we realize that we're all after the same thing it's just some people the road and path getting there is a bit different and it always will be it always will be and the thing that I found and realized was, you know, if it's one thing that you work towards your goals and all the things that you want to do, it's more important to try to help the people that are coming along with you in your journey that you want to come along in your journey just as equally as you working on yourself. And I know that's kind of like uh, a bit of this like hocus pocus stuff, right? But it's really true. You know, deep down, the core value of it is like, you know, I always related back to when, you know, we were traveling younger um, out of school and, you know, having the luxury of no kids and we travel. You know, Jen and I would say like, damn, like, you know, you're the only one that I'm able to share this experience of, you know, walking through the streets of Florence or waking up in the like, literally 4.30 a.m. in Tokyo, going to the Shinjuku market, fish market to catch like <laughs> to catch fresh fish uh, for breakfast or something stupid happening like uh, driving, riding, riding scooters up a, a cliff in a, a tropical island and uh and it uh, the the bike kind of going uh, stalling and then rolling backwards and falling off and cutting the shit out of everyone, like no one. That's the thing, right? Sharing experiences with someone or a group of friends is ultimately like the most satisfying for for a lot of us. Um, that's kind of a tangent, but you know what I was going wrapping back here is. We're all gonna we're all gonna be fighting for something that's important, and you're gonna be figuring out like the reasons why you are motivated so much to be doing something you're doing, like regardless of what it is, right? We, I think, um, you know, social media has glamorized success as really easy, whereas success is a really bumpy ass road, right? And it's super corny and you might see those memes about like, you know, the, the, the iceberg of what people see on, at the surface level. But underneath is this huge, huge piece of ice under the water where it's all all the tribulations, all the failures, all the things that you missed, all the times you fucked up and uh, whatever. Right. And, you know, the path to success is always like this curvy road. And I use this word success because like success is defined differently for everyone. And for me, you know, if you asked me 10 years ago, what success would mean, it probably would mean like having the most fucking amount of money possible. And, uh, 
being able to like live this lavish life of luxuries, which, you know, don't get me wrong, straight up, that's something that we want to be able to experience and live as well, because, you know, life, life is, life is really short to be able to not have a taste of those things. And that's what keeps people hungry, right? If you get a taste of it, you know, I've always, I, I always remember this quote from Steve Harvey about, you know, walking through first class. And if you have sat in first class and flown first class, you know, I implore you to, to work hard to try to get your ass in a first class ticket. And, you know, I've been lucky to fly first class business class before. And it's like the most enjoyable thing that you've probably ever experienced on an airplane. Um, but you know, that thing keeps motivating you, right? Where you, you get that champagne and you get that little napkin, that little towelette to wipe your hands and they calling you sir versus can you sit down and put your bags away? <laughs> but, uh, you know, jokingly aside, you walk through there. It's that motivating factor, right? Those are some motivating factors for people and other fa other motivating factors for people are like, yo, I just, I just want to be able to pick up my kids every day or drop them off. Or, you know what, be home at the dinner table or be able to take, you know, go eat at dinners and not give a shit about the bill and, you know, have all your health intact and all like so many little, little, in, little and little things where it's not necessarily tied to money, but money is a component to it. So, you know, like as you kind of work through these things, you're going to be so, they're going to be like so many outside influences from what you see, you know, what people see of you. And then you make these comparisons about like, yo, why, why, sh why is it that I'm only here? And it's a really fleeting, discouraging feeling to feel like you haven't made it yet, or all the steps you're taking are so slow. And just hasn't really materialized into anything. But I want to just say like, you know, the the steps to get to wherever you are, if you think back five years ago, even 10 years ago, where, where were you? And your life was completely different. And you have no idea if you took a left turn or a right turn, how that would turn out. Fuck, if you kept going straight, maybe that would have been even the same or worse. But you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So the fact that we doubt ourselves about like, yo, you know, I, re I, I wonder what would happen if I did it differently. And I ask myself all the time about stuff like that. You know, what happens if I didn't invest in that shitty company before? What happens if I didn't, uh, you know, if I worked more hours to get to that point in my corporate career earlier on or what happens if I took the leap of faith and moved away from home right because like as you guys uh, if you've listened earlier like in uh, very common in Chinese or any a lot of immigrant cultures you know we're uh, we're encouraged to stay home as long as we time as long as you want because that's part of the family bond family union of of immigrants right and you know, that almost in a way, it was like this, this thing that held you back. It was this comfort of like, yo, being comfortable is nice. But then I realized over time that comfort is, is, is really relative to everyone. You know, everybody wants to be comfortable, but 
deep down inside, you should never be satisfied. Because if it's up to me, you know, comfort for me is jogging pants and a sweater and a hoodie like this that I'm wearing right now. So everyone on audio, that's literally what I'm wearing. But sometimes comfort for people is a suit, a dress shirt, a tie, nice crisp iron shirt with a suit jacket, or, you know, a really nice blouse if you're a woman. I don't know, whatever, right? Because that gives you comfort knowing that that's how you want to feel. And that's how it makes you feel happy. It makes you feel good. So, you know, that part of like feeling like you haven't done enough because you feel like you've only given, you've given so much already. Yo, I'm here to say that like, it's just starting. Like this is, this is still part of the path, right? And I know I'm using a lot of like, um, you know, these loose analogies and things that you probably heard, but I wanted to like reiterate and come on here to talk about this because sometimes we see it in all these little pieces and bits. But these are all my thoughts and my conversations and my observations over the last like several weeks and sometimes months just coming together where I was literally driving today. I'm just like, yo, shit, you know, it ain't always just about this. It ain't always just about that. And, you know, it's really it's a really, really tough time right now in the economy. You know, people are spending less, even though like, yo, channel check is really busy at the malls. Restaurants are packed still. Downtown core is crazy. People are like revenge, revenge traveling. So it makes you kind of question the macroeconomics. Like, what the fuck are the economics, uh, the economists talking about? <laughs> I don't see a recession coming, but all the data points to it, right? So, but you know, if you're if you're working, you're you're seeing your paycheck get stretched. Uh, and with taxes and inflation and if you're running a business you're finding that it's harder to draw customers obviously unless you're doing something to distinguish yourself right and that's also what i want to say is that in order for us to all become the best we can and to help others become the best we can you got to put yourself into a top tier of excellence right this tier of I will be excellent at everything I do and and I relate it back to when I was uh you know when I was my first uh first retail I guess my second retail job no first retail job um I worked for Burger King and uh at Square One so shout out to Burger King uh Burger King's owned by Restaurant Brands International so I think uh, their ticker is RBI if you, if you want to check it out. But I, I own that stock, but that's not investing advice. Um, and I remember working there because some of my homies worked there. Like some of my friends were working there. And uh, anyways, it's like this joke about like you flipping burgers, right? All the songs talk about flipping burgers. And you're like, you li- li- literally, you come out, you do smell like burgers after a shift. Your hands smell like pickles and ketchup and your fucking clothes smell like burgers. <laughs> like beef burgers and oil from the fries. But you know what? Like I went in there and the, the people I worked with, we worked, we worked hard, right? We, you took pride in your job. Like, yeah, you know what? It wasn't glamorous, but shit, I got that 50% discount, man. I leveraged that to the shit. 
and you saw managers get 100% discount, you're like, whoa, how do I get up there? <laughs> right? As a teenager, that's all you care about, free food. And people would come and try to abuse the discount, be like, yo, hook it up, hook it up. People still do, right? But what I was trying to say is that I noticed, like, throughout all my, like, working life, is that you'll notice a small percentage of people that will work their ass off. And what I mean is, like, you take pride in your work. Whether it's flipping burgers, taking out the trash, uh, you cutting your own grass, or running your rental properties, or cooking dinner, fuck whatever, washing the dishes. You take pride in everything you do because you hold yourself to a standard of excellence that is undeniably, you cannot refute that. Someone can't tell you, be like, yo, you do a shitty job. And if we keep that level of excellence in everything you do, things are going to work out because that's just, that's just the law of, of how the world works. Uh, you can fact check me on that. I don't even know, but that's just my analogy. Right. And if you kind of go to the stores now, you go to restaurants and maybe this is just me being salty. Right. Uh, getting to middle age. Right. Fuck you guys. I'll call me old, but I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I love it. Um, you might notice like older people, younger people. It doesn't matter. Right. Like you're going to come across people that are just salty for some reason. Like they hate what they do. They're cranky. They don't do a good job, right? People that like retail stores, like you ask them like, yo, where is something? Can you help me find this? And, and they're like, yeah, it's, I don't know, somewhere over there. And they just half ass it. And if you half ass things in your life, you can get half ass results. So all that is really just coming around and saying, do the fucking best you can and never look back. The only time you look back is to learn for some lessons. To say, hey, you know what? Yeah, that probably wasn't the greatest decision, but here's what I did well and here's what I'm proud about. And I'll learn from the mistakes or the pieces that didn't go well. And then really move forward on that so that that shit doesn't happen again. Because here's the thing, right? When we get into a tough spot, we're put our backs are against the wall and your whole life and or whatever, maybe even just the last few years, you've had this mindset about like, yo, world's against me. You know, stars don't align. I'm never getting my shot everything I do or whatever, you know, I'm expecting it faster, this and that. And it creates tough times. And people don't like tough times. Well, let me tell you something, right? Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And you might have heard that already, but, you know, from other people, but this is the truth. You go back to the toughest time that you ever faced in your life, the biggest adversity you can think about. Something that's unimaginable that someone else cannot relate to. Someone has probably gone through it, but not the way you did, right? Because your life is unique. In all the situations that you've gone through, it's like you're experiencing for the first time of that thing. And uh, you'll ask yourself, you're like, shit, man. Everything during that was fucking dark. 
it was a really dark period. And when you look back on it now, and you're like, you know what? That was a shitty time. That was hard. But I got myself out of it. And I told myself, I can do this. We can do this. And you found a way to get out. You scratch your way out of there. You didn't take the fucking coward way out. Right? You didn't give up. Because you wouldn't be here. Listen to this. If you did. So. Just keep that in mind, right? All of us will go through really tough times. And I guarantee you. If shit's going well right now. Yo, it's. This is like an analogy of real estate investors. I was joking with a, a buddy here. And. Um. You know, there's uh, there's this joke about like every real estate investor will go through some sort of non-paying tenant or the eviction process. That's just bound to happen. And if you've been lucky enough to not have a tenant because your tenant screening process is the best, you have the best properties in the best areas. It is a matter of time. It is it is the rite of passage as a real estate investor to have a non-paying tenant and you to go through the eviction process. That headache is bound to happen. It's not if it will happen, it's when it will happen. And that's that's kind of like the similarity between like your life, our lives, whatever we're doing, it's bound to get tough at some point. Because if it was easy, Fuck, everybody would literally be flying first first class. Everybody would be driving Lambos. Everybody would be fine dining. Fucking tipping 25% plus. Don't even get me started on the whole tipping culture now. Ridiculous. But that's what I'm saying. Is that your hard work, your execution to excellence. Yo, shout out to Bret Hart. Like that's kind of kind of the kind of the inspiration to Bret Hart. Your level of standard and drive to win and push yourself, that's what's going to separate you from everyone else, right? Because we all sometimes get trapped in this feeling of like, I want to be, I want to be comfortable. But you know what? Like, comfortable is nice until it's not. So... You know, that mediocrity that we all, you know, society kind of wants you to be part of that circle of mediocrity. I don't want you to be that. I want I want everyone to like be elite, right? Top of the class. Because that's how you all get out of this, right? That's how we all get out and escape and find that freedom. You know, something... Um, you know, the whole tough times and tough people thing where, you know, I do feel that uh, it's just my opinion, right? So, I mean, come at me with uh, your comments on this. But um, we do see a lot. I do see a lot of of this entitlement now where we feel like if we did only so much, I should expect to get something huge in return. 
you know, I invested something for two, three years and what the fuck, how come I'm not getting something that people that have been investing for 10, 15 years or been through the game of something, the same results? Well, because you don't have, you're not battle tested. Like we're not battle tested. And to have that sense of entitlement of like, yo, what's going on? And don't get me wrong. You know, some people are able to figure it out and catch that break, right? Uh, to put the right pieces in place. And they played the chess perfectly. So most of us won't. That doesn't mean that you can't. Right? We, we just kind of recalibrate and think about our moves. Because sometimes we'll take a few more moves. Like, yo, man. It took a lot of moves for us to figure out, like, our investing style. It took a lot of moves for us to, like, figure out what kind of stupid purchases not to do anymore. It took a lot for us to figure out, like, how to manage properties. It took us a lot to, like, fight psychology of the stock market. It took a lot of everything, right? It took a lot to just become great partners with each other. Or it takes a lot for you to become great friends and keep great relationships. You know, I uh, see my kids growing up so fast these days. And this whole comparison is the thief of joy. It starts even from kid being a kid, like as, as small as five years old. And that's my direct observation with my own children. And seeing other kids, right? I have the pleasure of having two freaking really energetic boys and also the the pleasure of seeing friends with kids on similar ages. And as much as we tell ourselves and we compare ourselves to other people, we compare it to our friends, our family, influencers, celebrities, famous people. We compare our lives in all aspects. Kids do the same. And it's something for, for us to like really realize that it ultimately is the thief of all joy. Because you know what? Like comparing your first page to someone else's novel is fucking ridiculous to think that if you just started in something that you should be exactly where they were. And that's, that's not the case. And you know, here's an example. I just, I want to show something. And I know, uh, everyone listening on Spotify and Apple, I'm sorry, but, uh, go to the YouTube page and check it out. We'll timestamp it. This is probably around like the 25, 25, 26 minute mark, give or take. Um, you know, my kids have been getting into art and we, we, you know, I was a shitty artist. My brother was an amazing artist. My cousin was an amazing artist. I had no art background. I, uh, in terms of drawing, right? Like drawing, I, I can write my name pretty much and maybe draw a 3d shape. Um, But my kids start getting into art and we tell them like, yo, use your imagination to draw stuff, right? And you know, like when you're younger and you see kids drawings, and I'm sure your drawings were like this too, you just don't remember it. But you know, they're, they first start out kind of like this, right? Like these really scary stick people, stick men, stick women. And you ask them like, what did you draw? Like, I'm showing it right now in the, the video. And it's a stick person with a circle around it, kind of like some sort of shape. It looks like they're in a cave or a pot. And I have no idea what my son drew here, my five-year-old. 
But if I asked him, he'd probably be like, oh, it was you. And that's just kind of, you know, the starting point where you see these drawings and you're like, that looks horrible. Like, what kind of, what kind of retard drew these pictures? <laughs> I'm showing another one. It's some sort of, like, creature. I think they, you know, it's like from that show uh, Storybots. Like, creature report. But, um, that thing, it, the, the drawing is kind of like this tubular animal. It looks like a, some sort of tube with legs and arms. Anyways, but then, uh, you know, my, my kids start watching all these other things like Art Hub and start drawing stuff. So then, like, you know, here's an airplane. Here's an airplane. This is my five-year-old. And at the bottom is all this water, like wavy, wavy lines to imitate water. And then you have this thing that looks like a big-ass tampon with, wing, with uh, like, waffle wings on the coming out with windows and a smiley face in one of the windows. And the airplane is smiling. Like, this is literally the shit that high people would draw and start laughing about. But then this is my son's drawing of an airplane. And you look at this, you're like, that's so bad. But it's so good. You know why? Because he sees my son drawing air, my older son drawing airplanes. And his airplane lines are crisp and clean. They're cleaner. There's more detail to the windows. There's more detail to the wings. Like we talk about airfoils and how the wings shape because he's reading a book about uh, airplanes and learning about the concept of lift. But then my, my younger son doesn't understand it yet, but he's trying to copy because he's comparing his drawings to my older son. And now my older son is drawing. I'm showing a picture of a train. It's a freight train, but... It looks more like a passenger train, like a go train or a via rail train or whatever. But the lines are crisp. And he used a ruler because he wanted to make the lines really straight, just like they are in, I mean, real life. The windows are defined. The doors are there. Even the separation. You know that, like, uh, accordion thing that separates air uh, trains, right? The compartments? He even drew that in. He's been on a train, like, four times, five times. Like, how the fuck do you remember that? When you see photos, videos, right? Like, and that's the thing. As you get older, as you put in more reps, as you kind of learn from what you did before, you get better. And here's a drawing. Here's a side-by-side -side drawing. All right. Of, I don't know, some sort of like a Pokemon character. Mega Charizard X something. I have no idea. It's a black Godzilla with shooting out blue flames out of its mouth. So if you see both side to side, like you'll see, they kind of look the same to me. One of them is a bit more defined. And one of them is my older one. One of them is my younger one. And they both asked me. They drew it. And they said, which one do you like better? And this is the whole comparison thing, right? Because obviously they want your approval. Just like adults want approval. We want validation and approval from people like yo look at what i did what do you think i'm a post about it here's my new multiplex and here's my new building that i bought and here's my stock that went 45 percent, or here's whatever right here's my here's here's my son playing soccer scoring a goal right because that listen it's the whole thing of holding yourself to a level of excellence because you want to you want people, like, listen, man, I, I clap for, like, you want to clap for people that are winning, regardless of how small. I've always said this. 
And this is whole the whole thing, right? The comparison game gets dangerous because it starts so young like this. And then, look, I'm holding the last picture here. Right? This is a book of all the sketches that my son was drawing, my oldest son. And you look at, I won't show all of them, but this one right now. He didn't draw this himself off imagination, but he copied Art Hub. And this is a Mega Charizard X, I think, right? Pokemon character. But it's really cool. Like, look at the defined colors. And, you know, I went through that with him in his earlier ones and saying, like, if you use different shades of markers, you can create different, like, tones. If you use pencil crayons, you can color harder or softer to create different tones. And he never knew that. It was all about, like, you look at my younger son. It's all about, like, yo, you take a crayon or whatever, you just go as hard as you can. You, you just make blotches of lines. Well, that's what I'm saying is that you go through all these things and you keep learning. Yes, we'll compare ourselves, and that's normal. But then get right back to holding yourself to that excellence and keep getting better every day. And like I said, if you wither away when times get tough, then fuck, no one is coming to save you. Only you can come save yourself. But along the way, there's always going to be people to be able to help you out too, right? That goes back to the whole message of like helping others win is just as good as you winning yourself. And I'm holding a ruler up here. This is like a thing that we obviously use to measure stuff. It's a rule, sorry. 12-inch rule. But other people might see this like this is a measuring stick. And sometimes we use these different measuring sticks to compare ourselves to other people. You know why? How come? How come I'm only here? How come I'm, you know, I see other people killing it. Right? That goes back to like that psychology part is we have to really reframe about what we say to ourselves, the thoughts that we have, and take little wins that come along. It's just as important as celebrating those huge-ass milestones. And when you do, celebrate them hard. Get right back to fucking work. And you know, I know I'm going to be wrapping up this up soon. I wanted to... You know, this is more of been a mindset thing where we really are strong believers in mindset because your mindset really sets the foundation to everything you do, your health and wellness, your financial success, everything, your parenting, your relationships with your friends and family, right? So that's why I want to like literally hop out here and talk for 35 minutes so far about this because I think it's super important. It's the biggest piece that I feel that growing up, our parents never mentioned anything about that. In a way, it was almost kind of the tough luck, suck it up kind of thing. Not, ooh, it's okay, you can try harder. It's all right, here's a participation award. Which happens now. But I wanted to leave with, um, I wanted to leave with this, uh, um, these, these names for you to think about and if you are a millennial if you're not and you're working towards whatever it is you are 
just keep going because your timeline hasn't been defined yet your book's not finished being written right there's lots of film left in that video that road has not come to an end and if we put ourselves in a defined timeline it makes it so unbearably so much pressure and anxiety to get somewhere when what we need to do is focus on the next step day by day right there's too many times we see in this world where it's like people that are 25 and you know they invented the the facebook's and the ubers and the googles and shit like that all these tech people which granted like ultimately i love that it's helped us shape what we do and how we use the internet but there's also people around the world that have found success later in life right and i wanted to leave you with some of these names so you can think about that all right momofuku andu momofuku ando i think that's how i pronounce it you're probably like, who the fuck's that? At the age of 48, this person from Asia, actually from Taiwan, I think he was Japanese and he moved to Taiwan after the war, invented instant noodles. So all those $20 bougie ramen noodles that you eat or the $1 cheapo ones that taste just as good, yo, holler at me if you want some names on some good ones. Not some bullshit cup of noodles. This guy at 48 invented instant noodles and founded Nissan Food Products, the largest global distributor maker of instant noodles. 48. Next name, Chip Wilson. You're probably like, who the fuck is Chip? What? Who? 43 years old. Guess what he founded? Every woman has a pair of these pants in their closet. I guarantee you. Chip Wilson founded Lululemon. A man. And if you read the story, it's actually really interesting, right? Next name, Vera Wang. That's kind of a staple now, right? In the fashion designer icon. Did you know that she was a figure skater and a journalist on the side to make ends meet? And not only to do that, but she worked on her fashion, passion of fashion. And really didn't hit it big until she was 40. And you're just like, holy shit, Vera Wang's been around forever, it feels like. Yeah, because she's probably been working on that for, for the longest time. All right, one of my favorites here. I got two Sams, all right? I'll read the first one. Snakes on a motherfucking plane. Samuel L. Jackson. Like, he is kind of like the state, like... <laughs> He's the one of the biggest superstars, the Hollywood superstars, right? The blockbuster films, everything from you you name it. Pulp Fiction to Star Wars, to Snakes on a Plane to like all these great movies. He was 43 when he got his big break on Jungle Fever. You even know, did you watch Jungle Fever before? If you're younger than a millennial, you probably never heard of Jungle Fever, but it was directed by Spike Lee. Anyways, Next, Sam. Sam Walton. The name Walton. 
Wolco. Well, you know the first Walmart retail store? He opened his first Walmart retail, re retail store when he's 44. 44. And look at Walmart now. You can't imagine life without Walmart. You can't imagine the people that go through Walmart every day. It'd be nice not to have to deal with that bullshit. But uh, yeah, no, look, Walmart. WMT, Walmart, sticker, uh, stock sticker. Um, Martha Stewart, her first cookbook at 41. Come on, like Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg, Martha Stewart. Like, that's nuts, right? I would never have thought that. But, you know, she obviously got too greedy and now she went to jail. So, so when you make it, don't get too greedy. All right. A few more. Barack Obama. Did you know when he graduated? So he went to like obviously like university and all, like I was at Harvard, Princeton, or Yale or fucking one of those schools. Forty three. Student he could barely pay off his student loans. What made him famous, obviously before or made him, I guess, his first million was writing a book before he was president or governor or whatever. He was an author. His first book made him a million. All right. And probably the most famous that you hear about is uh, Harlan Sanders, a.k.a. the Colonel, Colonel Sanders, the creator and founder of KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. He didn't, he didn't figure KFC. He founded KFC when he was 62, right? So you can see all these names I've named. Some of you probably never heard of. Some of them are like you know, well-known. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. What matters is that you keep on doing something and you keep working your ass off and holding yourself to a level of excellence. Because the last person I haven't mentioned on this list is you. Whoever you are, it's you. Right? I want to be able to look back and say, yo, this person at the age whatever did that. And it doesn't have to be something special or crazy famous. It's whatever you want it to be. So don't give up because remember, hard times don't last. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. So with that, keep on going. Keep working your ass off. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Because remember, helping people at the cornerstone is what relationships is all about. All right, man. Yo, go kill it. I think this is much needed. And, you know, let me know if you like this one. This is literally the first impromptu one that we just kind of I kind of filmed so and recorded, but you know, maybe it's something that you really jived with. I don't know. Maybe you just fucking totally hated it. Leave a comment, right? Help, help, help me by rating the show, right? So that our messages of mindset and financial literacy. These conversations can keep going to other people's living rooms, right? And then one day, hopefully, we get to have these big conversations on the big stage. Because that's the big goal here, the big stage. 
Anyways, all right. I'm out. It's time to go. All right, next time. Peace. Everyday Rich Podcast is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. Any such information or other material should not be construed as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a qualified professional.